Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. Today I brought on Feline Longmore to come and chat with me about Legacy High Tide, her MTG Alter series, as well as her YouTube channel, uh, which has a bunch of Alter tutorial videos. Uh, her other series, Life is Amazing, as well as many, many other things we discuss. So before we begin, as usual, let's get some ads out of the way and get them done so you can go and hear this awesome interview here. Uh, fuck, where is it? You know, you think I'd have this more prepared, you know? I mean, I have it all up on my screen and all that, but it's like, hey, I forget how to click stuff and I forget how to computer. All right, this episode is featured on LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com not only has some really well-written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. The Magic Wazubi podcast can be found on the following iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, mtgcast.com, podcastradionetwork.net on every Tuesday at 9 o'clock Eastern. If you wish to email Magic Wazubi with any questions, send them my way at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Magic Wazubi is also on Facebook at facebook.com slash magicwazubi as well as Twitter at magicwazubi. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Magic Zuby YouTube channel to search for Magic Zuby on YouTube. Uh, I also have some other videos on there, such as some pack openings with not only Magic, but Pokemon also. Um, I don't do too much of those because, eh, I mean, pack openings aren't the greatest to watch. But I do like doing them whenever a new set comes out, except Modern Masters 2017, because it's too damn expensive and I'm just not going to buy any of it. Well, no, I take that back i did buy some and the best thing i pulled was a resto angel awesome restoration angel yeah that's beside the point yeah and if you're if it's sounding like i'm nasally or whatever i don't know if it's allergies right now that are kicking my ass because there's so much pollen outside or if i'm just getting sick i really hope it's just allergies because i really don't want to get sick that would suck a lot right now but um, oh yeah, uh, be sure to subscribe and review Magic Azubi on YouTube. YouTube, I think I already said that. YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Um, I have a Patreon also, which you can check out. Patreon.com slash Magic Wazubi if I could talk, which I apparently can't. Uh, you can check out the multiple tiers of rewards and just check all that out. And thank you to all my current Patreons or patrons. Is it patrons? Yeah, as well. You guys are awesome. All right, so without further ado, here is Feline Longmore. Okay, it's going to start recording. Yeah, I have a thing going on, I think. Okay. All right. So I am here with Feline Longmore. I wanted to bring her on because I think I originally, I think I found you first or heard of you um, when I saw that turn one glistener elf video about the, how you win with high tide every time. Oh my God. That's Have you seen that video? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's where you got, <laughs> that's where you found me from. Yeah. That's where I originally found you from. Um, wow. Because I know, what was it, back in 2012, 2013, um, you were really on the Star City game circuit a lot? Yeah, 2012, was 2013. Uh, actually, 2013, I, I did six events in 2012, and that was when I first started. 
and then I expanded past the West Coast, okay. and I did five, and then in 2014 I did like 30, and then I've come. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. That's okay. Um, and just to start off with, go ahead and introduce yourself and who you are in Magic, in the Magic community. Um. Well, I started playing Magic about ten years ago. Um. More recently, I guess, if uh, for what I'd be known for is playing High Tide and Legacy. Um, I don't play at the level that I used to. Um, I enjoyed it while it lasted, but nothing lasts forever. And now um, I turned that into doing altered cards in Magic, and I go to events and trade them on the floor, and now it's what I do for a living. So I'm still around, but I'm not on camera anymore. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, what made you decide to not go into the competitive aspect of magic anymore um money <laughs> basically um oh shoot can you still hear me yeah no i can hear you. okay um you might want to edit this part out i'm gonna need a second my computer does this thing where if it doesn't do anything for five seconds it like wants to close or minimize and it just tried to do that <laughs> so to stop it uh, I mean, if you want to put this on, you can, because it probably sounds ridiculous anyway. All I do, because I don't know a computer. All oh, I do no, is I okay. put on a Windows Music thing in the background and let it run on repeat, and then it won't do that. Oh, no, it's probably playing the music now. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, back to normal. Um, what, where are we at? <laughs> uh, just um, what made you stop playing competitive? Oh, um, basically money. Um, like, when I was playing competitively... I looked uh, at the costs of doing it, and in order to even be able to do it at the at the level that I did, I was doing other stuff in relation uh, to magic, which got me started doing altars. Uh, most people usually do something else as well. There's writers, there's people that own stores and work for stores and whatnot. Uh, for me, I did altering to help support yeah. it, and at the end of the year, uh, as Legacy changed going into 2015, um, it was... Like, when I pushed it in 2014, uh, it was still a Saturday open and then a Sunday Legacy open. It wasn't the, the, the two-day structure that they currently have. And admittedly, um, standard is just a lot of work. It's kind of like taking a course in college, except every few months they add something so it never ends. And I like not having to do that much work. <laughs> so I wasn't as motivated for standard. So when the change happened, I'm like, well, I really enjoy Legacy. And admittedly, standard is a tougher environment, from my perspective anyway, for me. Um, so I just decided to pursue altering full-time instead of part-time, um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. So uh, it just came down to legacy changed over time, and um, I do something better for income now. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, was it 2015 when they started doing less legacy events at SCG? Uh, well, that's when they started... Yeah, it was, wasn't it? That's when they started doing the two-day structure, because um, if you remember oh, in yeah, 2014 right. or 2013, there was an Indianapolis that had so many people, it was 11 rounds, so they didn't get to do the first round of Top 8 on Saturday night. Then, because it was 11 rounds, it went later than it was supposed to, there was a time change, so they lost an hour, and then they had to do the entire Top 8 the next morning. <laughs> so there were people... Yeah, you know, like the people who you know work at SCG, there were people getting out of that event at like past one in the morning and having to come back like five hours later, and it just wasn't sustainable with the numbers and the attendance. And with the new structure now, it, it flows a lot more nicer. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's pretty crazy. It's I have hard enough time playing Magic for like five six hours straight. I can't imagine that long. Yeah, the um, I mean, if you're really motivated to play, you'll play, but it can it can get at you sometimes. Oh yeah, 
it's it's very mentally draining, especially especially when you're playing at that kind of high level of play too. Yeah, I can't even imagine like it's trying on. to play on a pro tour or something. That would be that's the first the a first pro tour experience has got to be pretty intense. I imagine you never forget it. I've never been on one, but have you come close to it? No, I've never pursued um, that that level of magic. The only thing I ever pursued was just playing Legacy, and I just got lucky that I was able to get enough points in 2014 to... I was essentially chasing points for the first year of the Players' Championship, but at the end of the year I finished like 22nd or 20th, and um, I just, I didn't quite get there. It's, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, yeah. I know, I mean, still 20th, 22nd place, that's still not bad, though. Oh, yeah, it might have been like twenty third. Don't quote me on it. I don't quite remember what it was. Doing. It was. It was not. It was like just outside the top twenty at the end of the year. So it was something. I, I can say that I, I at least tried. And uh, I know that, um, like, if I would go back, um, the improvements would be to have done more work in standard and to have started earlier because I didn't actually start grinding until like March. I did like one event in Nashville in February. And then I was like, you know what, there's this going on, and I'm able to go to more events now because I moved. Um, and then I started grinding, so I actually missed like four or five events at the beginning of the year as well. So there were there's always things you can improve on if you really want to. But you can't go back in time as yeah. far as I know, so, okay. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, at least. Yeah, that's true, and maybe one day. <laughs> Probably not in our lifetime, but that would be cool. Yeah. So I just want to briefly talk about High Tide real quick for people who don't know. Um, I play a little bit of Legacy. I don't play it as much. Um, I'm just glad my local store is starting to play Legacy more, which is really awesome. Um, I play Legacy Elves right now because that was the one deck I invested in. I'd love to play other decks, but yeah, it's a little bit expensive. Just the lands mainly. But um, So explain High Tide. What's the, what do you do in this deck? I think I know how you win just from the some of the videos I've seen, but it just looks very confusing. Can I ask or a fun maybe question? some of the people who don't understand, you know, what it does. Can I ask a fun question first? Sure. What do you think it does to win? <laughs> like, honestly, just from... Mill the person out? Just, yeah, just from seeing it on the outside and not knowing exactly how high tide wins, how do you... What would be your guess? Um, well, I'm looking at a list. Uh, this is from a Solidarity... 2015 list of years that had three snapcasters in it um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't want to name every card, but it looks like, oh, where's the one card? You sort of I guess go down in your deck and then like I, said, I don't know exactly, but you get Cunning Wish out, which allows you to get an instant card you own from outside the game, reveal it, put it in your mm-hmm. hand. And then I'm either guessing you're milling your opponent with Blue Sun or Brain Freeze. That is absolutely correct. That's what the deck does. Good job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's just it. It took me a little bit to figure that out too, because I'm like, how the how the hell are you even freaking winning in this? Thing? Well, the funnest part is the the Spiral Tide list doesn't even have creatures in it. So if you're looking for a kill condition and you don't see the Blue Sun or Brain Freeze, you might get really confused. Um, that list specifically, though. Wait, what? Um. T- that list that you're that you just described is not what I normally played. That was kind of an experiment I did when Treasure Cruise and Dick Through Time came out. And people of every once in a while, some crazy person somewhere like myself will try. You know, I'm going to do this deck that hasn't been played in five years, and I decided to do Reset Tide instead of Spiral Tide. 
Um, and because of Dig Through Time on top of Meditate, the deck actually performed, and I actually got a decent finish with it. It's the one GP that I've... Have I played? No, I think I've only played in one GP. Yeah, it's the one GP that I played in, and I actually day would with it, so I could say that I've day would all the GPs I played, which is fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the Spiral cool. Tide, if that's what you're asking. Um, that one is a sorcery. Ver- that one is a sorcery version, but it basically does the same thing. Um, but it has. I would say that the deck is better overall. You can do more stuff on turn one. There's more cantrips. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm gonna sneeze. Oh, oh that's all right. I'm going through allergies right now, too, so... Yeah, I think I'm getting a cold. This kind of sucks. I just had one, like, a, like three weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all right. Now, so, um, are you the original creator of High Tide, or who, or who was that? Oh, no. Um, the original creator... Uh, uh, well, there's a few ways of looking at that. The original, original High Tide was back during, uh, this is before I started playing. I didn't start playing until, like, Onslaught Block. Um, but the original okay. version was, like, there was a, a Necropotence deck running around, and, uh, then the cards from Urzus came out, and then a deck in Standard came out that utilized a lot of the cards. Um, Time Spiral, there was, I think it was Brain Geyser at the time. It was a mill deck that did a bunch of crazy stuff, but, um, as far as the version that's out there now, or at least used to be, because it's not really being played anymore, um, they unbanned Time Spiral, I want to say at the beginning of 2011. Yeah, that, that was it. Uh, or 2010. It was when they, it was when they, uh, they unbanned Time Spiral and they banned something else. Uh, Mystical Tutor, I think. I'm not 100% on this, don't quote me. <laughs> it's been a few years. Oh no, it's alright, it's, yeah, it, I, I wasn't paying attention to competitive magic back then, back in 2010. Yeah, the um, the Hatfield brothers um, are the ones that had the first like top eight finishes at uh, the Open series with the deck. But if you t- ask the Hatfield brothers uh, who invented High Tide uh, for the incarnation that's out there in Legacy now or was, um, I think I've I talked to one of them. Actually, I think I've talked to both of them, but I talked to one of them more, and I think he said that him and his brother actually got it uh, an incarnation of it from another person, and I don't remember the person's name. Um, but they're the ones that had the first big finishes with it, and then Candelabras went to, like, $300 from, like, 30 or 50 bucks, and, and then there you go. <laughs> yeah. So are you still playing Legacy, even at, like, a local level? No, I haven't done that. I actually haven't done that in even longer. Um, when I was pushing, uh, Legacy at the Open Series really heavily, I was going to events, not every weekend, but so many weekends that I didn't play at home, and then now since I've, now, since I have slowed down and stopped playing, um, I don't think I've played a Sanction Tournament in over a year now. It's been, it's been more than a year, oh, maybe wow. a little bit longer. So are you playing any kind of Magic, even casually? No, I haven't played casual Magic in even longer, like... I did casual magic when I first learned magic, just like anyone else. Then I got into, yeah. like, Friday Night Magics, and then I stopped playing. Uh, well, I got into Friday Night Magics, and then I did some regionals in the States back in, like, 05, 06, and 07. I stopped playing for a few years. I moved to Seattle from uh, the Southwest, and then I started playing again. And, like, when I when I got into, like, f it kind of killed casual magic for me. I was not as excited about it. And then when I got into, like bigger tournaments it kind of killed like local like each step was like so exciting that it kind of like 
took away from like the local level or, or where I came from previous because it was just more exciting and now it's gotten to the point where because I'm not doing it I look at doing it at the local or casual level and it's just it doesn't have the same appeal because it's not new and exciting anymore it's 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 just it, I guess I just grew out of that phase of magic um, if legacy was still pushing um, at the level that it was and I could like compete at like a national level tr trying to grind like SCG points for the players championship or something if legacy was being uh, pushed as much I would I would consider doing that again um, but because of that being where it is now I'm not doing that anymore um, and I'm doing alters and trading on the floor and I've never I've never had a finish um, in magic where I probably would have gotten more out of playing the tournament than trading altars on the floor because there's a there's a high enough demand for altars and it just it just works and I enjoy doing it so I guess that's kind of where my, like my passion is right now is doing uh, altars and trading them on the floor because it's it's cool to put cool stuff in circulation that people like it's just it's nice I like it oh yeah definitely so what got you into altars in the first place um well pretty much the same thing anything else did uh i just experimented with it like when i decided to start playing for a living i only technically did that for a couple years it was i was just kind of on a whim i'm like i'm gonna do this and see if i can do it because it's not gonna be around forever it might not last forever and when i started doing alters um i just did it as an experiment <coughs> mostly because i wanted to alter my own cards in my deck and um i yeah. was like well, this is kind of fun and there's a demand for it i'm gonna make a few put them in a trade folder go to events with it and trade and I kept like not trading the first like number of events I went to, but then I like, at one event I'm like I'm gonna make myself trade every single time that I am not playing. Like I, I gave me I made I made I gave myself a goal and then I, I made myself stick to it, which is you can pretty much do this with anything in life. If you really want to get something done that you really care about, you're probably gonna push for it. That's part of what it means to really care about something. And I decided yeah. that I was gonna push this and at the end of the event I'm like, Wow, I covered my cost for the week in doing this and I made some money. But I wanted to make sure it wasn't a fluke. So I wanted to get results in from trading at a couple more events. And before the next event I went to, which was Knoxville, I remember this, back in 2014, before the event even started, I traded somebody um, a trade, and I'm like, wow, I just like practiced. I almost covered my cost from that trade before the event even started. And I was like, I could probably be doing this for a while. And I estimated at the time, after a few events, that I could probably be doing this for at least 10 years, and I would still stand by that. And this is the third year now, so. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So you've been altering for that long? Uh, I technically did my first alters at the end of 2013. So, okay. yeah, that would be a little over three years. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, so, let me ask you this. It's I, I don't think I have any altered cards. Um, there there are a few people that I follow on Twitter, yourself included, and then um, the other one, Revelin. I think Revelin's Light or something. I, I think that's their name. And um, some of the cards just look amazing that you all do for the altars. Um, one of the things, though, have you, have you ever messed up a really expensive card while altering? Because that'd be one thing I'd be afraid of. Um... Well, I try not to alter cards that are expensive for a few reasons. Um, also, the what I do for a living, I technically I do alters for a living like other alterists, but I don't use the same system they do. Most alterists will take commissions and do work. I do the opposite. I don't take commissions or do online stuff. I just go to events and trade. So the alters are already done, and people can see the result before they even get them. I also 
intentionally oh. don't alter expensive cards because they're already expensive. Magic is so expensive, it's like, oh, you have an altered play set of Snapcaster Mages, and it's like, I just want the Snapcaster Mages. They're like 30, 40, 50 bucks or whatever. I care about the alters. So if you alter a card that's yeah. expensive, it doesn't really do you as much. Whereas if you alter something that's cheap, like Brainstorms or Lightning Bolts, not only can you like get more out of it, because uh, people see something that's cool, um, if you run into a situation with uh, the altars not being approved because of whatever reason that the, the judge doesn't approve the altar, um, and there's a few reasons why that could happen, um, if the judge says no altars and you have four brainstorms in your deck that are altered, you can be like, okay, I'll get four brainstorms, they're a buck. But if they're like, no altars, and you have altered underground seas, that means you have to have four other underground seas. And that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because I see people, like, altering dual lands sometimes on Twitter, and I'm just like, well, it looks really, really cool. It's like, those were so expensive. <laughs> I have altered a couple of expensive cards, because technically I did do one commission, but it wasn't a normal commission. It was, um, I, 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 if he hears this, I hope I'm not saying his name wrong. If I am saying it correctly, his name is Joe Ambrosio. And he is the only person in the world that I know of that has an entire high tide deck that is altered. And he had me do it. And it took me a few weeks to do. So I did alter forces. I did alter flusterstorms. And I did alter candles, but I did them last. And I asked him every few days on the internet. I'm like, I'm getting down to, you know, the expensive cards. Are you sure you want me to do this one? He's like, yes. And when it got down to the candles, I was like, all right, they're the only ones left. Are you sure? And he said, yes. And I did them and he was happy with it. And it turned out really neat. And he put some pictures online. And I even brought this up to him once. I said, did you sell the deck? And he said, no, he gave me a weird look. He's like, why are you asking that? And I'm like, because I was on the internet browsing, doing whatever, and somehow I came across the deck and there was a picture of it altered on eBay for some price. And I was like, I wonder if, I mean, if he wants to sell it, that's fine. Once you have your, what's yours, you, you do what you want with it. Um, and yeah. honestly, if he would have sold the whole deck, I thought that would have been kind of cool. Um, but I talked to him and said that, and he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, well, then somebody out there is lying, so I hope no one bought it. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, but that's crazy, though. That's, um, yeah. It's, like, do you not get nervous? Did you get nervous when you were doing the candelabras? Um, well... At all, or are you just so used to doing it now? You're just like, yeah, whatever. Um, any altar I do, I make sure that I feel comfortable doing it. And the candelabras, if you're border extending it, I wouldn't consider it a hard altar to do because for me, I'm really good at color blending. And I saw it and I'm like, oh, all I'm doing is just extending like this shade of color in the background. I didn't have to like put in a bunch of tiny details. Like a stained glass altar would be a pain to do. I haven't done a stained glass altar yet, but I'm looking at going into the next level of altering where you do stained glass altars and blueprint altars and and like the really crazy stuff. Um, but just like with anything else, like I'm used to doing cards that I'm doing. So there's like a process and, and once you do it once, it's it's easier to do because you, you know what you're, you know what you want the end result to be. Uh, but doing stained glass altars is not something I have done before and it requires more work. So I just haven't made that investment essentially by putting the time in. Um, but I'm gonna experiment with that in the future. I wanna do I wanna do cool stuff like that because it's cool. Yeah, definitely. So one of the other things I've noticed about you is I'm following you on Twitter for a while is um, you seem to have a very positive outlook on life. 
from at least from what I can tell from what I see and even some of your um, YouTube videos that are titled Life is Amazing. You know, what what came about with that such a positive outlook? Was there something in particular that happened or have you just always been that way? Oh, my God. I can't believe you brought that up. I was not expecting that. That's awesome. Okay. um, (laughs) Well, I thought it'd be something to talk about. I have to ask, um, what made you notice and what makes you say what you said about that? Well, it's just like I said, I'm on Twitter a lot and, you know, I follow a bunch of people and I see your tweets, you know, just always talking very positively, like, you know, um, God, if I could pull it up, where's my Twitter? Where'd it go? I always have it up. But, you know, you just have a lot of positive tweets out there. Like, you know, life is amazing is one of your hashtags. Um, You know, always talking about do what you enjoy in life and, you know, never stop doing what you love and all that, all that sort of stuff. And I was just wondering, you know, well, what, what makes you or what, what made you get that sort of mentality? Like, why, why do you have such a positive outlook in life like that? Sure. I mean, if it's something too personal, we don't have to discuss no, it or anything. It's not like that. Let's just. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> the fact that you even brought that up, I was not expecting you to do that. And I just want to say thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, <sighs> are you going to be okay? Yes. It's not a bad. Thing. I mean, it. it it's, it's not okay. It's not a bad thing. Oh God. <laughs> um. Basically. Um. Like. God, I guess there's no other way to put it. Um. I'm not religious. Like I grew up Protestant Christian. I don't even know exactly how I'm gonna explain this. <laughs> um. But like, I'm not into that stuff. Um. I'm a realist. And. Yeah. <sighs> Like, I know that one day I'm going to die, and I can't do anything about it, and it's really hard. But, yeah, like, in that situation, it, like, if you can't accept the things that you can't change, like, you'll never get past it, and it's, it's not going to do anything for you. And I know that, you know, that's going to happen, and it's, it sucks. But, in that situation, like, you try to look at it differently, because if you look at it negatively, like, you can look at anything negatively, and you can look at anything positively. Like, you can, you can look at something like death, and, you know, it sucks, but there's a way you can look at it that's not so bad. Just, like, when people look at, like, having a child, they see, oh, you know, I'm having a baby. This is, like, for people that have kids, it's probably one of the most amazing things ever. That's what I always hear. But other people can look at something that's amazing like that and go, oh, this is, like gonna be bills for 18 years and then they stress out and they look at it as a bad thing so it's just it's just the things that you know you tell yourself what when something happens or when you see something what it means to you um when you tell yourself what it means sorry i'm kind of jumbling my words is going to determine yeah no that's okay it's going to determine how you feel and how you feel about something because of what you're telling yourself what it means is going to determine you know what motivates you or demotivates you to do one thing or another and um like basically for me looking at you know the fact that you know i don't like it it doesn't it's i know that it's possible and i don't mean to like 
come off the wrong way to people who are religious, but I really don't think that there's like a God responsible for everything that's going on. And if there is, I have issues with that because there's some things going on in the world that really suck. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm kind of upset right now, but I have a good life. Yeah. I'm happy. I have a place to sleep. I have food to eat at night. And things are generally pretty good. And I get to do what I love for a living, which is insane. Not everyone gets to say that. Um, But like, I just don't think that, you know, that's the situation. I think it's just we're born, we live, and we die, and everybody wants to think that there's more to it and that, that there's meaning behind it. And I think it's we're just born out of the luck and randomness of the universe. I don't, I don't think there's anything behind it. And you know, if that's the case, a lot of people don't like that because it's because that kind of sucks. You know, like what's the point of it all then? You know, what's the meaning of being alive? And technically, it's not wrong to say that technically there is no meaning. I think. However, that that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that if, you know, if this is the only life we're going to get and that's it, you know, we'll never really know the impact we're going to have because, like, we affect people around us every day and they affect people around them and so on and so on. And this goes, like, past the last day you're ever going to be here. So you are affecting the world just by existing. And, like, if there's nothing behind us being born, then, like, we'll never know how lucky we are just to even be born because like if you look at the amount of potential for life in the universe and the cosmos and everything versus the amount of life that actually exists the difference is like so far apart that like i'll be in a grocery store and somebody will be complaining about i don't know the line taking too long and part and i won't do this because it's rude but part of me wants to go up to them and shake them and scream at them and be like why are you complaining about anything you're alive right now you should be happy period but I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, all of that, you know, I guess the other one to address is, is if people are like, well, if life has no meaning and there's no rules, then, like, to me, I think that's amazing as well because that means that, you know, you can make your life whatever you want. Like, whatever it is that you want, you can really do that. And there's people that are dying, like, all the time. And they die without ever having an answer for their own life and, and what things mean to them. And... One of the things that is common, um, I've read some articles about this, and there was um, a lot of like people that were nurses and doctors, and they said the biggest regret that a lot of people will have before dying is that they didn't do more with their life, which is not uncommon. I think if you did everything you wanted, you'd still want more, so that's not necessarily bad, but it's tough. Um, the other one is that people say yeah. that they they don't say, I wish I was happier. They say, I wish I knew I could be happier. And there's a huge difference in saying something like that. Because that means that if, you say, if you're saying you wish you knew or you wish that you let yourself be happier versus just saying, I wish I could be happy, I wish I was happier, you're acknowledging that you're the one responsible for your own happiness. And I don't think enough people know that. And I wish people did because I think there'd be a lot of happier people in the world. So I'm sorry if that came off as a rant. Um, but that's my response. <laughs> oh no, that's okay. That's um, no. Well, thank you for that. And and it's um, no. And I think a lot of it has to do with like what you're saying when people are not happy, or you know, it's or when they want to believe. It's I grew. I didn't really grow up religious. Um, I definitely had parts of my life where I was somewhat religious, and I just sort of fell out of it. And um. It's sort of, you know, I think everybody at one point faces their own existential crisis where it's like, why, why am I here? Oh, what man. am I doing here? And it's, um, and yeah, I think everybody faces that at one point, either earlier or later in life. And 
you just sort of wake up one day and it's like what's the point of it all you know and it's like you said and I, I like that explanation of what you were saying you know life is amazing life you know we're here out of some random happenstance and it's you know we can do whatever we want with it I mean we are the as far as we can tell we're the only living creatures here on this earth that actually you know can sit and think about that sort of stuff you know sit and think about the meaning of life and you know why are we here and to me that's just amazing yeah when you think about it like that it's a crazy you know we're, we're not just pure animals that are just waking up every day having to go eat survive on instinct and well, that's I it i think technically you know? if you look at um i'm not using the right word i can't remember we are technically in the class or genius or whatever of animals or family or speed whatever that thing is i don't remember high school <laughs> um we're just very sophisticated animals <laughs> oh yeah no i mean we still have very a lot of animalistic traits we're very tribal um animals we're very um you know we still you know have to wake up sleep eat, mm-hmm. and all that stuff but the difference with us and all the other animals is we can actually contemplate about stuff we can sit and think we can create we can um you know we can create card games like yeah. magic for people to enjoy <laughs> it's an awesome you know, game it's we can go out and explore you know the cosmos yeah so you know and that and that's just what makes it great and another thing that um what you sort of mentioned before and it's something that i've been i've talked a lot uh, talked about a lot on my podcast is the way you get people to you know like how you were saying if you're on your deathbed and you know i wish i was happier and that's really up to the person to wanting Uh to be happy um one of the things i've learned because i was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and i'm bipolar i I don't know what class i can't remember that's really personal i didn't um, know that yeah it's it's something no it's okay it's something i've discussed on the podcast before and um Okay, I didn't mean. I thought I put you on the spot for a second. Oh no, 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 that's fine. But one of the things I learned about being in therapy was rational, emotive behavior therapy, where it's just to give it a short example, is you try not to let the actions that happen to you define how you feel about it. Uh-huh. Because say, and just like I've talked about many times, where say you go to F and M and you went zero and four that night. And you immediately start thinking, well, I must be a terrible magic player. You know, I'm I'm no good. I'm no good at this. Whereas with rational mode of behavior therapy, you start thinking, okay, well, I lost, but I'm not a bad magic player. I just, maybe I brought the wrong deck that night, or maybe I just played wrong. You know, I can learn from this and go from there. And I just use magic as an example since this is a magic podcast, but you can use that for anything that happens. But yeah, I, there's a few things in magic that are kind of like life. Like one of them is, you know, like one of the things I learned that I didn't know at first that most people don't is like going into a tournament, you don't expect, oh, I'm going to top eight. You don't expect to top eight. You can make that your goal, but you be realistic about your expectations. And what I would do going into any like large event is I'd go in and be like, all right, I'm playing... I'm trying to make top eight and let's see if I can make top eight. And then you play each round. And then once I got my second loss, I'd be like, okay, now my goal changes. Now my goal becomes, let's play for nine through 16. And then if I get a third loss, my goal would become, okay, let's, let's play and make sure that we get cash. Let's try to get our money back and make 10, 20 bucks. 
And then if you get another loss, you're like, okay, now my goal is a winning record. Let's go five and four. Then I would get like a fifth loss and be like, okay, let's just not get my worst record at this point. And I, yeah, I always had a goal that was, I mean, obviously it's like, if you're trying to beat your worst record, what are you really doing? But I always had some goal. And that's one of the things that, that helps with, um, you know, like with people who might be stuck in a, a rut, if that's the right wording, um, is like, if you allow yourself to kind of, I guess, go into a hole, like, I'm, I'm not like an expert on like, like depressive, depressive stuff, um, as far as I know, um, but like, you get into that situation, and I think one of the reasons why people become so depressed is because they, they kind of become complacent where they're at, they don't, I mean, if you have something to look forward to, it's going to make you happy, and if you don't, then you would probably, you know, not be happy, so... I'm not really sure what I'm saying there, but I guess um, if you're in a situation where you're depressed, try to give yourself something to look forward to and try to be happy. And I do know that if somebody were to say, because I there's not a lot of things I'm sure, but I am sure of a couple things, and this is one of them. Um, if somebody was to ever tell you, well, I've never been happy, I'd be like, really? Like, you've never been like a kid before Christmas? You've never laughed one time in your life? And if you laugh one time, you can laugh two times. And if you laugh two, you can laugh three or four, and so on and so on. And it's just, it's just a, a way of of the way you look at things and, and your perception and what you tell yourself when you experience what you experience, uh, which kind of goes back to what I said earlier, that determines how you're going to feel about it and how you feel about it is going to determine what actions you take or don't take uh, in relation to that. Uh, sorry for repeating myself. <laughs> oh no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so another thing I wanted to bring up with it is you have a YouTube channel now. Yeah, that is that is very interesting. I'm having fun experimenting with the YouTube thing. Just like anything else. Like, I experimented with playing for a living. I was able to do it for a little bit. I experimented doing alters. Started doing that full-time. And now I'm kind of messing around with this YouTube thing. And I've been going to events. And I've been doing some psychic entertainment on the floor. Because it's, it's just some really fun and crazy stuff. Uh, and I decided to put it on there. And... I actually just hit 100 subscribers overnight while sleeping. I got up this morning, and it went from like 98 to 102. So it is growing, um, but I know that it's a lot of work, uh, especially when you're starting out. It's going to take a while. Uh, again, you know, I, I have goals. I'd, I'd like to become, you know, fairly decent on there and get a nice following and have fun with it. But I'm realistic as well. I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about YouTube. I'm, I'm much newer at it. I'm so new at it that I can't even, like, give myself... Um, any expectation the only expectation I can give myself right now is I know if I post a video it's gonna get at least one view that's the only thing I know will happen for sure right now that's how small it is but it's fun and I like to so yeah <laughs> no, it's yeah YouTube is definitely a hard game it's um I have my podcast on YouTube but I definitely don't do enough on YouTube to even try to grow it I'm only at 70 subscribers or something but it's um it's definitely it's definitely a tough a tough game to manage and one of the things that's hard with it is with it being video, you know, having to do all that editing oh, and that yeah. takes up time. At least with the podcast, it's just audio editing and boom, that's it. It's a lot quicker. Yeah, I, uh, I like, I'm experimenting with a few things on there. Um, the first video that's on there is something I did a few years ago just for fun. Uh, it's just me goldfishing high tide as fast as I can. Uh, but the actual videos <laughs> that I'm posting, like for the channel, I have a few uh, videos I posted where I went out. Because I went to the events and I'm trading on the floor, and I'm like, you know, would you like to see a mad trick, essentially? And I have no problems admitting that they're tricks, by the way. Anybody who's like, this is real, like, that's stupid. It's for fun and entertainment, and that's all it should be for. Although, there is one other thing that is, um, that I disagree with, and that's something called hypnosis therapy. 
Um, but that's like a whole other subject. Uh, but I find that very fascinating as well. Uh, but more recently, I decided, well, you know what? I've been able to do like recordings from about one event a month since January. And I put up like three recordings and I'm like, I want to do more on here. So I decided, well, I do altars for a living. All I have to do is just record what I'm doing and explain it. I'll put some videos up about that. And that's gotten a positive response from some people, which is awesome. And I posted like eight or nine videos on that. I'm going to post more, but it's kind of slowing down. I just wanted to get the initial like, here's some tips and tricks. And then like once I get into specific altering a card, like I'm going to be doing a lot of those. But I wanted like, I wanted to get to a point there as fast as possible where if somebody found a video, they could see that I had other content. It wasn't just like my first video or my second video. Uh, and then I experimented a couple days ago with one of the funnest things I've ever done, which was insane. And that video is on there and I'm in the process of editing another video right now that I'm going to post in the next 48 hours. And all I did was I found this online, I ha there's this online game called Happy Wheels. And I just played it and I just had fun with it. And I was just kind of being ridiculous and I was kind of commentating or narrating myself. And then I watched the video afterwards and the stuff that made me laugh, I, like I didn't even realize some of the stuff I said so, until I sat down and watched it. And the stuff that made me laugh, I'm like, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna get rid of that. I'm gonna keep this. And I just made a video out of it and posted it. And I thought it was funny, but I have a very weird sense of humor. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, I saw some of that. Um. I guess I didn't understand what really the happy was. Is some sort of like browser game or something? Um, it's uh, again, I, I don't know computers that well. It's an older <laughs> like, style game. It's not like newer games. It's it's like something from older games. I think people call it flash games. Does that make sense? Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, I know you're talking about. Okay yeah. Essentially, it does. It, it, whatever engine or model it uses, you can tell that it's like, oh, this game is kind of simple or old or outdated. Not, not to say that negatively, but you can just you can tell that it's a type of game that it's not like World of Warcraft, which I also played that by the way. If you're on your Zul, wave to Felica, I'm a warlock. I'm on the Alliance side though. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, that's alright. I used to play WoW a lot. It's I just don't have the time for it anymore. I wish I did because it, I mean it's always been a fun game, but yeah, I just don't have time. It is time consuming. It's fun, but it's time consuming. And like, that's another thing. Like I, I played WoW, I did the raid thing uh, for a yeah. number of years. And then during Cataclysm, I kind of stopped. And then I decided to come back about a year and a half ago. Um, and I am raiding again, but I'm not raiding at the level I did because I don't have time for that. It's fun. And it was a blast while it lasted. Like I have a full set of tier three that I, that I legitimately, well, I didn't legitimately get. I got it at level 70, but you know, like I'm, I don't play at the level that I did. Um, and also, the other thing I got addicted to were achievement points. And I've done pretty much all the achievements that I wanted to. And there's more stuff that you can do. Only one person is going to have like all of them or a couple people. Um, oh, yeah. And there's a few yeah, things. I, I, I tried so hard to try to get so many achievement points. That was back in when they first came out, Wrath of the Lich King, uh -huh. I think, when the achievements first came out. And I tried so hard to get them all and then just realized, holy crap. Because each new expansion added like you know a thousand more, and I'm just I can't do it. I can't yeah. keep up with it. it. It's fun, but it's uh, and every once in a while I'll go back. Like I haven't done achievement grinding in a, in a couple months, but even a few months ago I spent like three weeks on there because I was between events and because I do what I because of what I do for a living. Not only am I lucky that I enjoy it, I'm also lucky that if I want to take off like two weeks and not really do anything, as long as I'm ahead on work, I can do that. So I, I'm very lucky in that area as well. 
Um, and sometimes I'll binge on WoW and just play WoW for like two weeks. And I'm like, I'm going to get this achievement out of the way. I'm going to get that achievement out of the way and, and whatever else. And I, I kind of go through phases with it. So. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's um, the last time I played WoW a lot was when Legion just first came out and I played, I binged it for about two to three weeks. Then I hit level 110 and got bored. Um, no, but I have this weird thing with video games. It doesn't happen with magic because I can play magic anytime. With video games, there would just be like a week like weeks or maybe even a few months where I just can't play a single video game. It's just I literally get bored within minutes. There's a social aspect of magic that you don't get with online video games. Although with the internet, you could talk to other people so you still get some of that, but it's 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 more personal or less personal depending on how you look at it. Some people would say that it's more personal because you're you're physically oh, you know, by yourself playing a game so you can kind of be yourself a little bit more. And you don't have to you know, yeah. worry about being in public and not making a scene. Not that people try to make scenes or I would do that. Um, but, like, depending on how you look at it, you know, that's... Yeah. I don't want to repeat myself. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's... um, Yeah, you are right. It, magic is definitely more personal. And, um, I don't know. It's... Oh, my gosh. My freaking cat just keeps bothering me right oh, now. Have a kitty. <laughs> I haven't had a cat in like many uh. years. I'm definitely a cat person. We've tried to have a dog, and it just never works out. Yeah, me and my friend and, uh, that I live with, um, well, it wasn't my dog. It was his dog. He had a dog until about a year ago, um, but she had some health issues ever since she was a pup, and she died, um, and, like, my friend was, like, he didn't say it, but I knew that it got to him. Um, like, you, you could just tell, and so I know that was following yeah. him for a few days, and you know, it was it was um, it was one of the more interesting dogs I've ever met because it was a beagle that was like it was like part beagle and part something else. But like the thing I've noticed about dogs is like their eyes will watch you like a person. It's almost like they're people, but they're dogs. Like yeah. dogs are like this dog was really smart. Like I was kind of blown away by how smart this dog was. So that's just interesting. Yeah, it's it's I, it's one of those for me. It's. I don't know, no dog that I've ever had after my childhood dog just can compare to it. It's Yeah, so now I just have cats. I have two cats right now, Katniss and Primrose, named after the Hunger Games characters. Huh, I really need to see that movie. Everyone talks about it. Of course, They're I good movies, but I, I enjoyed the books way more. That That's another thing. I'm a huge reader. I love reading. It's like, I can just sit for hours oh, just nice. reading and that that's definitely been my habit more lately is reading more than anything. Uh, huh. Well, that's always fun. So as long as you're doing what you enjoy, although reading is more time. Yeah. So you really got to love it. I'd imagine. Oh yeah. It's, I, I grew up in a family of readers. My mom and dad would read. Um, my grandparents would take me to buy books at the flea market and all that. So I, I huh. so I, it was inevitable that I became a reader. <laughs> makes sense yeah so on well, youtube going back to youtube here um you have an altar series it looks like you're like a tutorial series of how to alter magic cards so what made you want to get into that like to teach people oh well i wanted like i said i had posted about one one set of videos a month from events doing like entertainment on the floor I'm having fun, and I'm, i was like i want to put more stuff on here I, i'd like to grow this channel and posting stuff once a month probably isn't going to do it. 
And I'm like, well, what can I do that I would feel comfortable doing that I, you know, I don't want to put up whatever. I want to put up something that I, I care about and something that I feel comfortable talking about. Like when I did the primers that I did in MTG The Source, I didn't do primers on every single deck. I only did primers on the ones that I had played and that I actually felt comfortable talking about. I, I wouldn't do a primer on elves. I've never played elves. But um, on, on YouTube, I decided to start doing the magic altars because I wanted to put something on there. And people find that stuff useful. And, um, like, basically what I'm doing right now is I'm putting up, like, just, like, tips and tricks videos. Like, if you want a whiteboard or a card, here's how I do it. If you aren't sure, like, if you're new at altering and you're not sure exactly how to put on the paint, here's how you do it. Here's long, how long it takes to dry. Um, there's other stuff in there that's a little more unique, maybe, because of how I do the altars. Because um, I don't do commissions, I do my own stuff. And one of the things I've already touched on is what altars yeah. I would recommend doing. Uh, instead of just doing anything, I have one video that goes over, like, in Legacy, do these five altars. Um, in, in Modern, start with these five altars. In, in EDH, start with these five altars. Um, and then there's, like, another five altars that kind of go over multiple formats, like Lightning Bolts in Modern and Legacy. So there's, like, um, a list, you know, for, like, if you're getting into this and you're not sure what to do, start with these cards. They don't cost that much. Uh, they're cheap. Uh, I haven't found them very hard to do, and best of all, if you put them in a trade folder, the demand for the altars that I listed is high. Um, Lightning Bolt, and specifically, I traded out 134 Lightning Bolts into circulation last year alone. It's the most Holy popular God. altar out there by far. Next was Basic Lands, um, all, all five together, and it was at like 84. That was like second place. It was like 50 behind Lightning Bolt, so uh, definitely do Lightning Bolts, definitely do some Basic Lands. Um, Brainstorms and Ponders were also very high on the list, although Legacy's in a bit of a different place now. And Gataxian Probe was high on the list, but now that it's banned in Modern, it's probably going to drop. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, no, that's really cool. Um, I mean, you could almost do something like a Tolarian uh, Community College where you just start reviewing, you know, certain paints and, I guess, tools and supplies for that, and, you know give your opinion on what you think is better yeah i'm not as good at like this is the brush you should use or this is the brand of paint you should use i just use paint as long as it's acrylic paint but in the very first video the first thing you need if you're going to go into altering it supplies and i go into that um and one of the biggest things i'd recommend are sharpie paint pens if you do alters and you don't know what sharpie paint pens are watch the video those things are awesome you can apply the first layer of paint and within two minutes it's done and you're already applying the next layer of paint sharpie paint pens are the Greatest thing ever, and I, I don't know if altruists, enough altruists know about them. Hopefully they do, but if they don't, there's your freebie, because those things save so much time. No, that's really cool. So, you, you keep mentioning um, about what you do for a living. Uh, do you mind going into that? Is it the magic altering you do for a living, or what else, what is that? Yeah, I, I alter cards in Legacy Modern and EDH that are popular. And I go to events, and I just ask people on the floor... Do you have trade? Like, I don't just do altars for a living. That's half of what I do. The other half, actually, I would say, forty percent of what I do is doing altars. And this is this is probably not an accurate specific number. It could be thirty-eight percent. It could be th thirty-nine or forty, whatever. But I would say around forty percent is altering. The other forty percent uh, is trading. The other twenty percent is uh, investing and selling in the game. I will intentionally, if I get certain cards and I think they're going to go up, I will keep them because I also watch the market a lot. It's like a stock market, but for cards. And it's like, oh, this is being played. This hasn't gone up in like two years. And it's still being played a lot. 
it's not likely to be reprinted. If it does get reprinted, then it gets reprinted, there's nothing you can do about it. But it's like, you know what, I'm gonna start picking these up and I'm gonna keep them and see if they sell. And if you need an example, in 2014, I picked up like, I don't know, a couple dozen cavernous souls and I was getting them at like 18 bucks and I'm like, this card's been sitting under $20 for like two years. It hasn't been moving. It's being played enough and it's good. Why hasn't it gone up? And then overnight one night, it spiked to like 50 bucks or some crazy, it, it more than doubled. It did one of those spikes that yeah. we all know about in Magic. Oh, a card spike last night. Life from the Lum is $30 right now, the way. If you haven't seen it, there's another example uh, that happened in the past 48 hours. Um, but yeah, uh, I sold the Cavernous Souls after they spiked and not only did I make money, um, you know, trading out altars, like brainstorms or whatever and getting Caverns, um, if I, I don't think that was a specific trade, but it's an example. Um, I also made money off of keeping the card and investing, and I'm considering doing another series on there about trading and investing in Magic. Like, um, okay, I checked these cards recently, and these are the cards you should pick up. And if you look, this card is being played a lot, and it hasn't spiked in two years, so if you have them, keep them. They're probably going to spike soon, and yada, yada, yada. I would feel very comfortable doing a series on that, but I haven't gotten into that yet. I'm still doing the Alter one, so. Now, the finance would be pretty cool, too, because... I feel like there's not enough of that on YouTube sometimes. And especially yeah. if it's... Especially if you're knowledgeable about it, too. Like, you know or, or have ideas of what cards are going to go up and down, up and down. Or, or you know, hey, let's invest in this card. Um, do you sell your cards online? No, I, I've never sold a card online. All of my cards have been put into circulation by trade. And I probably have between... 2300 and 2500 altars in circulation right now oh wow that's pretty yeah, cool the, I, I did not well no actually even the the altered high tide deck i traded him cards for that too because like when you're on the floor and if you're ever on the floor and someone ever says it um like i i, I can't i don't have any trade you know i'd be willing to buy the cards off you if the person says that and they don't realize it don't do that and let them know not to do that because um that's against policy um, but you can always trade cards, and I did a massive trade with him, and I'm like, all right, you know, these are the alters I'll do, and uh, if you want me to do, what I did is I altered the cheaper cards first, and I'm just like, you can just have them, brainstorms are a buck, ponders are a buck, but he provided the more expensive ones, like the candelabras and the forces, so we actually met twice, the first time I met him, uh, he did the trade, and I traded him the cheaper half of the cards that I already did, and then he also traded me the cards he wanted altered, and, and within a couple of weeks it was done, and, and we were both happy, so there you go. Oh, that's cool. Um, crap, where, okay, here it is. Alright, do you have a favorite magic card of all time? Yeah, Time Spiral. Time Spiral? <laughs> <laughs> Mind's Desire would be on the list, but it's banned everywhere. Um, I always said, yeah. if you were in banned Mind's Desire and Legacy, uh, people would be like, oh, would you put it in High Tide? Would you play it in the High Tide deck? I'd be like, no, I would play Mind's Desire in the Mind's Desire deck, because that would be nuts. Uh, some people have made the argument that they could unban Mind's Desire because they're like, well, people are casting Ad Nauseum, so maybe they would... I was like, no, they're not going to unban Mind's Desire. That's insane. They won't unban Mind Twist. They're not going to unban Mind's yeah. Desire. <laughs> well, you just never... Um, Alright, so to end off with here, um, where do you see yourself in maybe about five to ten years in terms of in the Magic community? Do you still see yourself doing Alters? Um, are you hoping to grow your YouTube channel? You know, wh where do you think you see yourself? Uh, realistically right now, uh, one of two things is going to happen. Um, I'm going to be doing altars for a living for, like I said, when I, when I realized I could be doing this for a while, my projection was at least 10 years. I still stand by that. And that's probably going to be what I'm doing. Um, as far as, like, YouTube stuff goes, I'm experimenting with that, and I don't feel comfortable saying, yeah, I'm, I could be doing this for a living in a few years. 
Um, that I have no idea. I'm still learning stuff. I will be posting stuff to the channel for a while because it's fun right now. And as long as I enjoy it, I'll keep doing it. Um, now, if I actually get enough out of it that I can start getting revenue from it, I'll address that then. But as of right now, I that's something that would be cool. Um, and if... I, realistically, that's not an expectation I have, but it would be nice. But I wouldn't even say it's a goal right now. I'm, right now, I'm just having fun with it um, and seeing where it goes. And uh, as of right now... Um, I'll probably be I'll probably be trading altars and doing altars for a while, um, at least another you know five six seven ten years unless uh, unless something else takes off. That's what I see happening. Well, that's awesome. Um, where can people find you at? Uh, be more specific, if I may ask. Um, where can they find you online? Like, oh. um, what's your Twitter handle? You know, where's what's your YouTube? Um. I mean, I'll put all this stuff in. I'll put all links on the show notes, too, so people can find it. Do you... Okay. I'll, I'll say that if... I guess that's not a bad... Actually, that's probably a good idea. Um, well, um, Twitter's where I'm the most active. Um, at Feline Longmore. And it's just one word. F-E-L-I-N-E-L-O-N-G-M-O-R-E. If you go on there, cool! I'll, I'll follow you back, also. Um, <laughs> I only really follow the people that follow me at this point. Um, because, you know, it's, it'd be too much work to sit there and go through a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but if you follow me, I'll follow you back, because, you know, why not? It's fun. Uh, and then on YouTube, it's just Feline011. Uh, and I wasn't even sure of the name on my account until, like, a week ago, um, because I wasn't, like, looking at my account that much. And I made the account, like, back in 2009, just so I could, like, post comments or something. So it's not even, like, a channel I made to do what I'm doing. I'm just doing it now. But it's Feline011. Um, and if you hashtag Life is Amazing feline longmore on twitter or youtube in the search bar it should bring up something that will lead you to the channel and um yeah um i'm on like a couple other sites like google plus and and instagram and whatever but i don't use them i just made the profiles and i'm like "Mm, that was it i'm also on reddit and i have a bunch of karma on reddit but it's not from anything magic related it's from doing f7 u12 comics like five years ago i made like a bunch of Oh, I, I, I used to do that stuff, too. That was fun. It, they were. No, well, I just want to thank you for coming on, and um, I really appreciate it and enjoy talking with you. Well, thank you. This was, uh... I wasn't expecting you to, to bring up what you brought up, but I definitely like that you did. That was that was a nice surprise. <laughs> and, uh... If, oh, well, you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no no that's fine no and you're welcome it's uh, like I said I really enjoyed it I wanted to have you on earlier but um, personal stuff happened the day of we were supposed to do an interview and <laughs> it's just been last month was insanely crazy for me well sometimes that's uh, that's what happens it it's nice to be able to be flexible it makes dealing with stuff like that easier yeah well no well like I said I just want to thank you for coming on and. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, thank you. Yeah, thank you as well for having me. And um, if you hear this out there, just, you know, just, just, it doesn't matter what it is. Just, just find something to live for and, and you'll do fine. <laughs> well, thank you. There you go. All right.
liquored up. Leave me alone and I'm straight. 